This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Happy New Year, everybody. Haven't talked to you since 2021. Oh, I've got a lot to say, and we'll do it next. Join us quickly at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We welcome back the new dad. Got two daddies tonight. Brian Mungie and Big Daddy Ty here until the top of the hour when it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN New York. Gordon Damer out tonight. He will be pinch hitting for Dave Rothenberg tomorrow morning with DP with Rick DiPietro. So you can hear them tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Well, I leave for a week and everything just goes crazy. What is Joe Judge doing? Is this the real Zach Wilson? And how about the Rangers? Most points in the NHL? Man, what a difference. What? And also, how scary is COVID and what it's doing to the sports? To, to major sports, NHL rescheduling games, NBA rescheduling games. It's just NFL. We had games a couple of weeks ago on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's unbelievable. Sports is just crazy right now. It really is. Happy New Year again, everybody. Thanks for joining us on ESPN New York tonight. Well, I have been covering sports for a couple of years. <laughs> and I have to tell you, What I've seen from Joe Judge over the past couple of weeks is concerning. It is not the type of response you normally have from a coach from the Bill Belichick tree. Normally, they don't care what you think. They're always right. They stand behind the mic. They know more than you know. They know more football than you do. They understand what's going on. They don't feel the need to defend their program at all. They don't feel the need to defend what they're doing because they know it. They worked with Bill Belichick. They understand how to coach, how to prepare, what to do in the National Football League. They know they've been around success. They've been around Super Bowl championships. They know what to do to win. They're winners. So to hear Joe Judge yesterday defend, or at least try to defend, the fact that he's seeing positivity, the fact that the team is going in the right direction, listen, here's one stat for you, and I get it. I mean, their quarterback play over the past month has been abysmal. It's been awful. It has been unwatchable. It's just just been terrible. But this is just a continuation of what we've seen from this team all along. Not to this degree, but to the results. Once again, the Giants have been outscored 76-0 in the final two minutes of the first half of this season. Once again, 76-0. That's with Daniel Jones. That's with Mike Glennon. That's with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. They've all been a part of that. 
All right? They've been outscored. <laughs> 84-19 after losing to the Chargers 37-21. 84-19. Yesterday, and Giant fans, I don't have to tell you, you know. I've never, I, I had to go back in the record books. I couldn't believe it. Minus 10 yards passing. Do you know how bad your quarterback play has to be <laughs> to get minus 10 yards passing? And they weren't playing Tampa Bay. They weren't playing Pittsburgh, who's doing a really tough job on Cleveland tonight. They were playing a Chicago team whose coach is probably packing up the things in this house because he knows that he's got to have another job because at the end of the season, he's no longer going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Have the, have the, Giants, have had, have the Giants had injuries? Absolutely. A lot of them. To some of the same people. Has the defense been up and down? Yes. Have they dealt with COVID issues? Yes, as has every other team in the National Football League this year. But to stand and address the media, to say that, you know, we are building the foundation to, listen, here's how you handle that. Take it from me, who've seen a lot of head coaches over the years, a lot of head coaches. Very simple. I get what you're saying. We're not happy with the outcome. We just have to keep working. No, we're heading the right direction. No, no excuses. No excuses. Things haven't turned out the way we thought. We've had injuries. We had to deal with it. But this next man up, like everybody else, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. I mean, how many times have I heard that? Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. It's the National Football League. You have to, it's next man up, next man up. That's all you hear. That's all you hear. Not yesterday. This is not a clown organization. Who said it was a clown organization? It's an organization that needs to find the right way. It's an organization that has struggled and continues to struggle. Explain this to me. I gave you the stats earlier. Since the loss to the Chargers, 84-19, they've been outscored. Haven't won again. They've scored 22 first half points in their past six games combined. Outscored 76 nothing in the final two minutes of the first half. And there's players calling you talking about they want to come back to this team? Stop yourself. There's no way I believe it. There's no way. That's not happening. It's not happening. Now, the culture may be better in the locker room. It may be people may be playing for him. It may be that may be the case. But seriously, people are begging you to come back. <sighs> you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It's built into the play call, and you're right. Like, it, uh, anytime there's a lack of communication, it always starts with me. Period. And um, and so obviously, I can be better for everybody too. But um, you know, it's a play call we've had several times this year where quarterback has it's a handoff unless an a gap is open, and you, you you sneak it for a first down, and uh, and that's usually in the fourth and one range. Um, 
we stretched it a little bit. It was a long, you know, it was a fourth and one and a half, two yards, whatever it was. And um, the thought was to just let's run the reverse to Berrios. And um, the playbook, as it's designed or as it's called, gives the quarterback the option to be able to run the sneak. And um, and right there, it's just one of those deals where, you know, Zach is a young man. He's still, he's still learning. Uh, we need to be better, never assume, and be better communicating, hey, Zach, uh, let's make sure we hand this ball off. Robert Salop, head coach of the New York Jets. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Get to the calls in a second. Listen. I admire Robert Salop for taking the heat for the young man. I do. And Zach Wilson had a very good game yesterday. This was, this was the game you've been looking for from him, where he played the full four quarters. 19 of 33, 234 yards, a touchdown. Once again, no turnovers. Must have been three weeks with no turnovers. You love that. That's what, that's what you want to see. And this was against a very, very talented Tampa defense. Now, when they, put, when they started blitzing and put the pressure and had them deep in their territory in that third quarter, there were some issues. There was a couple of three and outs. But what I liked was the adjustment was made to what Tampa was doing. They ran the ball again and had a nice long drive in that fourth quarter that led you to that fourth down. The only thing I will say is this on the fourth down play. And I've heard, I listened to Bart Scott, Willie Colon, Leger Doosable just ripped Zach Wilson to shreds yesterday. I heard Robert Salad take the high road and talk about how there was a miscommunication. The only thing I will say is this. You want your quarterback to make good decisions. Okay? You want him to make good decisions. In this play from how Robert Salah described it, if it's an option between you on the sneak and you handing the ball off to Berrios, who's had a heck of a season, by the way, when you look at the line of scrimmage, that should tell you, you know what? I don't think I can get two yards on this. Let's hand it off and see what happens. That's the only thing I'm saying. When you evaluate young quarterbacks, you evaluate their decision-making. We talk about them understanding that there's coverage, not to throw it there, look, look away, do different things. I always talk about quarterbacks, what they do when they have control, the things they can do when they have control. It's a learning situation for him he will learn from it but clearly when you look as a fan when they stepped to the line of scrimmage and you saw how deeply packed in that Bucks defense was were you thinking quarterback sneak on that play no you weren't because that's not the play you should duck you should have especially there but once again it's a learning experience, and we'll see what happens. If he finishes strong against Buffalo, that's going to give you a good feeling at least about where he finished going into next season. All right, I still say you need to bring in a veteran to put the pressure on him. I still say he doesn't deserve just to walk in and say that's his job. 
I still say that. That's not the way it should go. But he played well yesterday. You got to give the kid credit. We've criticized him. We've ripped him. We've said everything we can about him. He did a nice job yesterday. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Steve's in Brooklyn. Steve, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hi, Larry. How you doing? Great, Steve. What's up? I heard what you had to say. I heard what you had to say. Uh, first of all, you know, not to correct you, you know, you, I know you got a lot going on. Four games without a without a turnover. Okay, that's even better. Um, you know, the guy, you know, and I, and I and I watched yesterday what was going on. Those holes that he was fitting balls into were very small. Yep. Um, you know, he had one on Keelan Cole on the sideline that he dropped. He had one to Berrios for the touchdown that was fit right in. He had one up the middle to Berrios that was just an unbelievable toss that we saw from the end zone. So, you know, this is what I want to ask you. In a game like this, you know, we left heartbroken, but I said, okay, it's, it's a season that's not, uh, you know, going anywhere, and this was something to build on and all of that. But mm-hmm. what's killing me is, and I want to see what you have to say about it is, Mm-hmm. A game like that could have been a building block for the team and everybody to say, "All right, we have a coach that's making great decisions, smart decisions. He can coach us to a victory if we don't, if we can't play to a victory." And everybody's game is better because of that. So, did we lose that yesterday, or did we still gain something? You still gain something, Steve. You still gain something. If I had said to you, going into this game Saturday, I said, "Hey, Steve." You go in the Jet game tomorrow, I bet you, you will have the lead fourth and two in the fourth quarter with the opportunity to seal the deal. What would you have told me? Oh, 1,000%. You would have said, you got to be out of your mind. You got to, what, I can do that? That'll be great. That'll be great. That'll be great. Everything, and thanks for the call, Steve, everything happened the way you needed it to happen up until that point. And all it means is, in a season where, look, it would have been a great win. I get it. As a Jet fan, that would have been fabulous. But you still, the whole part of this season was about developing your quarterback. That's what this whole thing was about. It wasn't about wins and losses. All right? And especially after the way the season has gone. It's still a great situation. It's still a great game. You were that what? You were down your top three receivers? You were down, you, you lost your number one running back during the game. You, you lost another offensive lineman during the game. I mean, for all the losses you had during that game and a young defense that, you know, kind of held it together, all right, in some spots, listen, they were, almost gave up 500 yards of, of, of offense, but against Tampa, you figured that was going to be the case anyway. But your offense played well. And you were coached up. This was prop. This was as good a prepared coaching job that the Jets have had this season. I thought the defense did a nice job making adjustments. They pressured Brady. They sacked him a couple of times. I like what they did. I like what they did offensively. So you can coach. And this is the thing where your young quarterback, once again, needs to just trust his eyes. There's, what did Bart say yesterday? There's a thousand pounds of defense at the line. You got to go two yards. This wasn't an inch. This is two yards. You're not going to quarterback sneak two yards. You're not. You're not. So he'll learn. He'll learn. And ultimately, 
the win, it makes you feel good, but then it could have cost you a draft spot. And that's what you're looking for now. Development of your quarterback and how to improve because you need more talent on this team. You, you need more talent on this team. You just do. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Steelers with a 26-14 win in Monday Night Football over Cleveland. Ben Roethlisberger's last game potentially in Pittsburgh as a Steeler. Walked around, went through half the stadium. Did not do the Cal Ripken Jr. Did not go around the whole stadium. Went around halfway through. Touching fans, hands in the stand. Tremendous quarterback, tremendous career. You know, started off off the field, had some issues starting off, but turned his career around and does done a nice job. And I know they still have an outside, way, way, way outside chance because it involves uh, Jacksonville. There's uh, Big Daddy Ty and I were talking about during the break. But listen, stranger things have happened. I mean, Jacksonville beat the Bills earlier this year, so you just never know. Before we get back to the phones, I got to ask Big Daddy Ty and Brian, so both of you guys are new dads. What's that conversation like? You guys trading sleep, lack of sleep stories, or <laughs> what do you guys? What do you? What are you guys talking about? Definitely about that. How was? Uh, I guess the our, the the first night he was born and stuff like oh, that. The delivery experience. The delivery experience. That, that was a forty-five minute conversation the other day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here, and dads will understand. Did you look? Yes or no? Well, sadly, I wasn't allowed in the room okay. just because it was like it was an emergency situation. And okay. then uh, we're now operating under this cloud of COVID. So yeah, that absolutely. changes, uh, you yeah. know, that creates a, a different dynamic in itself. But mm-hmm. had I been there, I would like to have believed that I would have been able to stomach looking. Okay. <laughs> but um, I don't know. That, that's a that's a fair question. I, I would like to believe I would have done it, though. OK, so my um, wife had a C-section. I they let me go into the room. I did look a couple of times. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. And then the anesthesiologist was like, you don't have to look over the curtain. You could you could come this way. I was like, all right. Sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, he was sympathetic. He just like, it was like, you could watch the baby if you want. Uh-huh. I was like, all right. Okay. okay. <laughs> nice. I looked. You looked. I did. I, did. Were- I wasn't warned. I just, it just happened. I just, I just looked. It was, it was, it cast- 35 years ago, my God. Uh, oh, that he, predates my existence. I know. Not to make you feel old, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I, I'm reminded constantly. Uh, he came out like, like you know, you go through the Lamaz things. We'll get to the calls in a second, I promise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she you know, that last pain, the pushing in that last pain. And so she yelled. I looked. He would, he, Shamari shot out. I looked and right after him came that. Wow. Oh. So yeah. it was like right on the tip. <laughs> he led it. It's like it was waiting for him. What? Once he came out, it followed him right out. At least you got it all in one shot. So got 30, it all in one so shot. So 35 years ago, you say. Yes. Yes. I, I, if I'm not, if my math is correct, I think that might be the last time the Giants had a winning season. <laughs> 35 years ago is no, the last time no, they had a winning season. No, come on, man. No, no, no. They've had, they've so. had, they've had Super Bowls since then, my friend. Oh, uh, have they? I mean, yes, they been have. so. It's been so long ago. I it's know, hard for you know, know, hard to remember. I know it has. I know it has, and it's not getting close. <laughs> I tell you that right now. It is not getting close. Back to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. 
Hey, welcome back, Uncle Man. I miss you, man. Happy New Year. God blessing to you and your families, man. Thank you, sir. Same to you and yours. You know, since you've been gone, I mean, Bishop Desmond Tutu, John Madden, yeah. Betty White. And Dan you want to talk about some heavy shoes to fill? Yeah, Dan Reeves. I covered Dan Reeves when he was coaching the Giants. And Dan Reeves. Yeah, you're right. I remember you know, Dan wow. Reeves is, is underrated. You yes. know, um, he actually is the one who put uh, Michael Vick on the map. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta. That yep. playoff game against the Packers. That's right. That was a great game, man. That's right. Was that, if yeah. memory serves me, that might have been the first time anybody went in to beat Green Bay on their field, visiting team, in the postseason. Right, right, right. When they, had, when they had home field advantage. You're absolutely yes. right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, listen, I'm going to get to you tomorrow when we have more time to talk about uh, Salah, mm-hmm. Bart Scott, Doosable, and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Willie Colon. Yeah, his name from, from, Willie Colon from Cardinal Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little issue with some of the stuff that they was, you know, not what they were saying, but just seemed sort of like the agenda. And I didn't really like um, Sal's press conference, a little finger pointing, and that's not his style. Mm-hmm. But I called really just to talk to you about um, the obvious buffoonery that's going on here in New York um, City football with with your man Joe Judge. Why you got to be my man? Uh, listen, <laughs> I mean, he ain't your man. You know what I mean. You know, it's a pretty good speech. I know. You know, <laughs> listen, all jokes aside, um, yeah. you know, I know that Mara said that they were going to bring him back a few weeks ago. Um, the press conference yesterday, you know, um, in the, the movie Triple X, they were talking about the Xander zone mm-hmm. <laughs> with Vin Diesel. <laughs> he stepped into the Hanley zone um, yesterday. Not the same communication in words, but in principle it was. Uh, you know, the anger, yep. the uh, the disdain for the media and the questions. And listen, I, I, I can see how you get the media could be annoying, but you got to know the field that you're playing on. Yep. And in this town, when they decide, all right, you know what, you don't want to work with us or you want to, you know, try to come at us, that was a well-coordinated um, press conference yesterday, if you really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Each one of those media people asked him specific push-button questions that they knew were going to trigger something. Mm-hmm. And this guy doesn't realize, or maybe he does realize, and he doesn't have a backup plan. Like, listen, they get ready to run you out of here, fam. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you listen to the questions they were asking him and the way they were asked, like, they knew he was going to come out with the uh, you know the, the the anger the disdain and listen, there's no way he's coming back now, bro. If you uh, listen, I don't think matter. They they're forcing the issue. The media, along with the fans, a lot of times the fans think that they have like a lot of power, but we really don't. But when that media gets against you in this town, good luck, baby. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. It's uh, it, it's it's a it's a tough situation because you have to know how to handle that. And once again, it was almost like he used the media to plead his case, not only to the fans, but to management. You know, that's what they did. That's what he did. And I don't know, it's, it was an, it was an event that would cause you to reconsider what you might thought about as far as his long-term 
employment. Because remember, he, just like any player, is representing you. So, and listen, judging from the fact that Glennon (laughs) is not going to play this week, not that he deserved to play, but he's not going to play this week because of injury. This could be worse if it's possible to be worse than minus 10 yards passing. You know how hard you you know how hard it is to go minus 10 yards passing for a game, minus 10 in the NFL. One screen pass would get you 15, minus 10. Constant turnovers, fumbles. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening. Larry Hossie flying solo. Truly a happy new year. What a way to start the year. Uh, Joe Judge, reports come out. He's trying to save. He seemed angry yesterday. I guess he missed that report. I guess he doesn't know that his job was not safe, but he seemed like he was scared he would get fired. I guess he did. He missed that report. You're the Giants. You got to fire him. But also, uh, what's his name? John Mara is the CEO of he's Giants. He's got to go from that role. He's got to move out. The owners cannot be involved. They got to go outside the organization, find a new GM with new thoughts, new ideas. The ownership got to get out of the way. New coach, Danny Dimes, that's for the new coach, the new game to figure out. Uh, and last thing, not, not, not much time left, game 28 for God darn island. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I got to say this. There's no question that what Antonio Brown did yesterday had to go down for me as one of the top two or three strangest things I have ever seen in sports. It, it, it did. And, you know, the word has come out that he couldn't go on his ankle and they told him he had to go in. And if he didn't go in, he wasn't going to be on the team. And so he took off his uniform and threw his, his undershirt and wristbands in the stands and gloves or whatever else he threw in the stands and waved goodbye. Tonight, uh, there was video of him uh, on social media watching the Nets and Grizzlies over at the Barclays Center. But clearly, aside from yesterday and the other previous things that have happened off the field for him and on the field, but mostly off the field, there's no question that Antonio Brown needs help. No question. And... It is, it is so interesting. And we, listen, you watch sports, you grow up playing sports from guys in your neighborhood to peewee to whatever it is, high school, college, pro, whatever, whatever. You understand that based on talent, everybody on the team is not treated fairly. Okay, you get it. Everybody on the team is not treated the same way. It's based on talent. And because Antonio Brown has great talent, was on the all-decade team, ladies and gentlemen, as a receiver, okay, for his years in Pittsburgh. The all-decade team. At one time, he was considered, if not the best, one of the top two or three receivers in the National Football League. 
And so because of that, teams will give him that extra opportunity on the field. But the question is, do they take care of what his issues may be off the field so that he can be on the field and be available to them and give them the best that he has? Now, I'm not accusing the Raiders or the Buccaneers or the Patriots or you know whatever, or the Saints, of not taking care of him or not having his personal issues in their interest. They just cared about what he could do for them on the field. I'm not going to say that because I don't know what they did or what they didn't do. But now that it appears it's going to be tough for him to get back in the National Football League, because, I listen, he had over, what, 100 yards receiving last week? Not yesterday, last week. So he still can play. I just hope that he gets the help he needs before he sets foot back on any field of play. He seriously, seriously needs help. He really does. He does. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN.